For the week ending on August 24th, Philadelphia had a total record of 4-3, and with the Phillies going 3-2, and winning a series and losing a series, the Union going 1-0, and winning 3-1, to and the Eagles losing their only game 15-26. to As always, there's plenty to talk about, so please sit down, relax, and enjoy your ride here on the Orange Line. Welcome back to your weekly source of Philly sports, The Orange Line, Philadelphia's first and only 8 for 8 sports podcast. I'm your host, Dr. PhD, here to break down some of the best moments and most newsworthy moments from the AFL, MLB, MLS, NBA, NHL, NLL, NFL, and OWL. I might have said one twice in there, but that's okay because this is The Orange Line where uh, mistakes are made sometimes. But how do we go through the show? We start where we left off last week. We work our way up from the least amount of news to the most amount of news. And uh, then we have some talking bits at the end. It's all nice and fun. So uh, why don't don't you join me on this ride here today and start talking about the Phillies. Interesting fact about the Phillies is that in the month of August, they have not won a single game on Sunday. And even more interesting is that in July, we actually won every Sunday game. So I I don't know what that means for September. Maybe we're going to win them. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But this week, we did have a chance to win a series against the San Diego Padres, a team that we should have beaten Unfortunately, we did not. We fall 2-3. to three. Hitting ends up just going absolutely absent in this game. Gene Skura getting the only RBIs, all both of them, in the game. And uh, what I said in my notes is that the long ball kind of killed us. We ended up allowing two home runs, which gave them three runs, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, that's not really the case. The case is that our hitting just wasn't necessarily there. Vargas, on the other hand... um. Does a pretty decent job. Goes five and uh, two thirds innings, so that's pretty good in terms of uh, you know the the rest of the Phillies pitching staff. Uh, I would like to see more out of all of the pitchers, but it it just I don't know. It feels weird to say like five point two innings and you know only allows two runs or whatever. I don't know. It it just feels like uh, I'm trying to be way more optimistic than I should be with this team. But it's okay. We did have some good spots in this week, like on Tuesday, where we ended up going into a uh, series against the 2018 World Series champions, the Boston Red Sox, in my least favorite city of all time in Boston. Uh, but they played host to the Phillies and Aaron Nola, who continues to impress. He's just really, really good at pitching a baseball. That's what I can say. Every time I talk about the dude, there's always something nice to say, and that's what I really appreciate about this team and this man, I should say. He ends up going seven innings in this game, seven strikeouts, only allows four hits. Um, at, and the only runs that he had was a two-run home run. So that's pretty decent. We end up walking away with a win, 3-2. to two. Nice. Got those three early runs in the first inning. That's good. It helps Aaron Nola relax. It's just that 
after the fourth inning, all of the hitting just somehow disappeared. We had six hits in the first, I believe, and then, what, like three, four in the rest of the game? It's it's not exactly what uh, what I want to see out of this team. Gene Segura, though, gets two more RBIs, so he's been kind of the MVP of this week. He, he's been doing some good work. Obviously, getting four RBIs in two games to start off the week is very nice, and it ended up kind of continuing into Wednesday. We uh, end up capitalizing off of a Boston error, I believe, in the fifth inning that uh, allowed a run to score, and then uh, Bryce Harper hits a nice home run, a two-run home run for his 27th on the year. Good job. Get the win, 5-2. to two. Very, very nice. And the best part is that it's a series win over a team that is over 500, so it shows that we can beat the teams that are winning, and it seems to, you know, like a good sign for the rest of the week to come, for the rest of the season to come. And, you know, just when we're feeling good, and the game on Friday happens. And this is a game that I, I really don't want to talk about. It's like that Giants game from a while ago where it's just like both teams kind of, you know, crapped in the bed. They just, they, they fell asleep at the wheel. I don't know what happened. We go up 7 to nothing in the first three innings. And then in the third, Vince Velasquez gives up seven runs. Seven runs. So that seven-run lead that we had, completely gone. We end up getting two back. That's pretty cool. That's pretty fun. Nine to seven. And then we allow 12 unanswered runs. Well, unanswered until the ninth inning where we managed to get two. It's a very frustrating game. Lots of hits. I believe we had 11 hits, eight or uh, somewhere between eight or 10 walks in the game. So we were obviously getting on base. Just how do you how do you let that happen to begin with how do you let a team that is terrible the worst nl team in all of baseball right now the worst team in the nl have a winning record against you and come back on you by scoring 19 runs it can't happen it can't happen especially to this team and i mean i don't want to blame bryce harper because if you're not aware, on Friday, Thursday or Friday, he goes on paternity leave because his, uh, his little baby came. That's really fun. Little baby Bryce, little baby Harper out there. That's fun, but it didn't seem to be a good luck charm for the Phillies because we start this series off with the most WTF game that they've probably had all season. Without a doubt, their worst loss. And what's funny enough is they're coming off of a, a really great win against Chicago, where we had a walk-off grand slam. I still have it up on the board because it was so awesome, but I, I don't know. I do remember, though, at the the beginning of the day on Facebook, I was giving my opinions on what's going to happen in the game. I did say that say the starting pitcher for the Marlins, was going to allow a bunch of runs. He did exactly that, seven, so I was right. But what the hell, Vince? What the hell, Mr. Velasquez, Vinny Velo? You, you let up seven, you let them get back into the game, and not only let them get back into the game, you let them have a fire lit underneath of them. And they end up scoring an insane amount of runs for a team that shouldn't even be able to score that many runs. Terrible loss. Terrible loss for the Phillies. Thank goodness they end up bouncing back and uh, winning 9-3 to on Saturday. Corey Dickerson absolutely gets the hard carry in this, goes four for five, five RBIs, has two doubles, insane day for Corey Dickerson. Also, Scotty Jetpack, Scott, uh, I was going to say Scott Dickerson, uh, 
what, what what's his name? Oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, well, anyway, Scotty Jetpacks, he ends up getting a home run, three RBIs, but the the team itself ends up going three for 17 with runners in scoring position. We still can't get a hit with runners in scoring position. I don't know. I don't know. Scott Scott Kingery is the name I was thinking of. I, I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, it's just frustrating. Frustrating once again, even in a win, even in a win where we score a bunch of runs. How do you let that happen? Eflin, though, goes six innings uh, pitch. Not bad. Not terrible. Um, I do appreciate that. Thank you very much, Scotty. Uh, but that is it for the Phillies. So let's start talking about the Wings. The Wings, you know, once again, not really doing much. Training camp hasn't started yet. But they do shift focus this week to talk about the Junior NLL. There was a uh, tournament this week that saw the Junior Wings uh, go out there, play, be affiliated with the team. That's all nice and fun. Unfortunately, none of the uh, Junior Wings teams were uh, getting to the finals. Not the Pee Wees, not the Midgets, not the... Uh, I, th- I believe the last one is juniors. I'm not sure. But uh, none of them ended up getting to the finals. That's not fun. But it uh, is really cool. A bit of exposure for those kids. And, uh, you know, allowing them to have a big tournament with the uh, Philadelphia Wings on their back. That's pretty fun. But now it is time for us to start preparing for the uh, Indoor Lacrosse World Championships. Um Lots of games and lots of notes that I still have to take for the teams that we're going to be playing. I will get back to you about that next week, but I do know that this should be an interesting series of games for uh, the United States of America and the Wings players that play for that team. But that is it for the Wings. Let's talk about the Soul. Why don't we? The Soul did announce this week that they're having an open tryouts on November 9th. That's really fun. That's pretty exciting. Gets your chance to add a little bit of soul, a little bit more soul into your life. So if you are good at football, you are watching or listening to this podcast, why not take a shot and play for the Philadelphia Wings? Have a chance to play for the Philadelphia Wings, that is. Um, but that is kind of it for the you know, AFL news, but there is some XFL news. Um, they did announce all eight teams that are going to be playing in the league uh, in this upcoming season, and I do want to talk about them more. Unfortunately, there are no Philadelphia teams playing. This could have been the first 9-for-9 nine nine sports podcast, but unfortunately, it stays 8-for-8. Eight eight. These are the eight teams that will be playing in the eight. XFL, I'll say, uh, the Dallas Renegades, Houston Roughnecks, the LA Wildcats, New York Guardians, St. Louis Battlehawks, who win the prize for the coolest name in the XFL, the Seattle Dragons, the Tampa Bay Vipers, and the DC Defenders. DC also has a really good collection of sports names. Uh, kind of annoying as a, a Philadelphia fan. I want cool names too. Um, But yeah, those are the XFL teams, so if you are a fan of the XFL, an easier set of rules for football, or WWE itself, because that is uh, the person who owns it, Vince McMahon owns the XFL, we should all know that at this point though, Uh, you know, get invested, get excited, XFL is coming. Other sports that are coming, that's going to be the NBA, the Philadelphia 76ers, some of our favorite teams. Nothing's really happening yet. Training camp hasn't started up yet, but we can start looking forward to the FIBA World Cup 
which is set to start on August 31st at the end of the month. The only two players that I find that are actually playing in that is going to be Jonah Bolden and Forkan Korkmaz. Uh, Jonah Bolden is going to be playing for Australia. No Ben Simmons on that team, unfortunately for them. Uh, And Korkmaz is going to be playing for Turkey. They've both had a few games this past week to uh, get them ready. I believe Korkmaz has one game against, I want to say Italy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But um, I do know that the FIBA World Cup is coming up at the end of this week. So that is something to look forward to if you are really jonesing for some basketball. Um, In other news, in Sixers news, uh, on Monday, it was announced that in the 2019 rookie class peer review, I don't know, know, they did a survey of all of the rookies in uh, the 2019 class about, you know, who the best player is, best defensive player, all of that stuff. And that thigh bowl, Matt Teese, ends up uh, getting voted as the best defender in the entire class, which is very nice. I know that's a focus for the Sixers going into this season is defense, defense, defense. And, uh, well, that makes sense to me. And uh, I do like hearing that, that this kid is really good at defense, probably the best in the class. I think he had 39% of his peer vote, which is the most since Victor Oladipo in 20... I don't know, 2017? I'm not sure of the year. I apologize for that as well. But um, it is very endearing to hear because uh, we do need some defense on this team just to make up for a uh, a lot of scoring that I believe we're going to do. I mean, Joel Embiid's going to be Joel Embiid scoring a whole lot of, I was going to say runs, but scoring a whole lot of points, getting some buckets. And uh, just like Ben Simmons, still working on that jumper. Love seeing more and more videos of that as they come out. But that is it for the 76ers. So why don't we fly on over to the Philadelphia Flyers? You guys like that segue? Probably not. Um, But they uh, finally got the spotlight in the NHL. As you know, every year they do a 31 for 31 on all of the teams in the NHL, breaking down some, you know, little bits and info of uh, what the team has and rookies that could be playing and prospects and things that they have to work on, fantasy points, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, So if you're really jonesing for some Phillies, uh, I mean, not Phillies, uh, some Flyers information, that is a good series of articles to look into. Some of my takeaways from that, they uh, believe that uh, Joel Ferenby, Farabee and uh, Morgan Frost are going to make their NHL debuts this year, which could be really cool. They're both uh, pretty good offensive guys who can uh, kind of make waves. They also mentioned uh, Philip Myers, who did play in the NHL this last year and uh, hopefully have uh, a chance to play a lot of minutes this year once again. They also had a really big focus on special teams, as we know last year was not the best year for Philadelphia. And uh, I think it's a little, you know, misleading because the first half of the season was really skewed. That's when we still had Dave Haxtell on this team. And uh, we were kind of forced to play the special teams a certain way. And it, it just was not working. And I had towards the end of the season, we ended up turning it up a little bit more. It's still not the best, but uh, it was better than what it was. So I, I feel pretty confident in the special teams for the Flyers. But I do know it is a concern as we go into this season, and hopefully AV has a plan for that. Also to take note, uh, some specific stats is that Claude Giroux 
only had two goals on special teams last year when the, he was on the power play. Also 23 points in total, which is the second lowest of his career out of uh, all full seasons that he's played. So hopefully he can get back into the groove of uh, scoring when a man up. He's a guy who can be deadly. I don't know why he wasn't last year. Hopefully he can turn it around this year. Another focus was on uh, goalies and 5-on-5 five five play just because... Uh, you know, Carter Hart, he should be the starter this year. He should be very, very good for us and hopefully very good for the future of this team. Um, also was one of the best five-on-five uh, -five goalies when he came up to the end of the season. Um, and another thing to note about that is that Kevin Hayes should be adding more potential on five-on-five. -on -five. He has done pr some pretty good work five-on-five. And uh, I saw a stat earlier that apparently Sean Couturier is just insane, had some of the most goals out of any forward in uh, the NHL 5-on-5. Five five. I'm going to repeat that phrase a whole lot, but it is very nice. The 5-on-5 five five should go well this year, but um, that does remain to be seen. We do have to watch some hockey. I know training camp is going to start up in September and uh, it's getting me excited. I'm really, really, really excited for the Flyers season. I said I'm anxiously excited a little while ago on Twitter, uh, which, I mean, that, that is the case. I I always want to be excited about this team, and, you know, I'm, I am excited to watch some hockey. But this team always has promise each and every year, and sometimes they just don't deliver. I hope they can do that this year, though. Let's talk about the Eagles. How about that? I don't know what that segue was. But they did host the Ravens in their last home preseason game. Um, talk of the town was going to be uh, Josh McCown, who uh, was just signed on Saturday the previous week. So we got to see how he was going to do. Ends up going 17 for 24 with 192 yards. Had two touchdowns. Very, very nice for him. Also, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, 104 yards, one touchdown. Good for him. Um, I remember seeing a whole lot of stuff uh, written about him after this game that he's going to be uh, having a whole lot of opportunity in the red zone because of uh, his toolkit as a player. And that's really nice. Being able to score in the red zone is quite important. So hopefully he can add that potential threat at that point. Um, also during the game, I saw a lot of people hating on Corey Kessler. And like, I get that. He probably played bad. I, I didn't, you know, see too much about that. But I, I wanted to put this in perspective for some people. This is preseason. I don't think that this guy is going to get any regular season time. I think that's going to end up going to Josh McCown, as we see he did pretty well in this game. Has uh, some competency in the quarterback role. So, like, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, trade Cody Kessler. Get rid of this guy. Why do we even have him on the team? You just need quarterbacks on the team in case other ones get hurt. I understand that you want good ones, but he, he's not going to be the good one. We have two of them right now. One of them's supposed to be insane, so ease up. Um, this is also the first preseason game where we didn't have a hurt quarterback. That's really fun. Keep up the good work, Eagles offensive line, and uh, Josh McCown, please do not die in the next game that you play. That would be very much appreciated. Uh, signed and loved, Dr. Ph.D. But that is it for the Eagles. I keep using that, but that's okay because now we can talk about the U. The Beast in the East, they are currently in second place. Not exactly what I want, but this is a uh, pretty big win that we had 
this past week on Saturday, just yesterday, um, they uh, they come out hot with a uh, pretty nice uh, first goal. I was going to say win, but obviously uh, to get that win, you had to have the first goal, which came off of the foot of Shabilko five minutes in. Very, very nice work from him. Also had two assists on Aronson's goal and Il Senior's goal. And I got to say, Il Senior is just, he's insane. The way he's able to dribble through everyone in the box and uh, still have scoring opportunities or getting assists is incredible, especially for a player coming off of the bench. So Il Senior, great work. Great work overall by Shabilko as well. Love seeing all of that, especially a win over DC United. They were currently, they were, uh, in fifth place, I believe, at the time of the game, but they are in the hunt for uh, a playoff position in the MLS playoffs, so it's a pretty big win. Now we just have to focus on a tough schedule up ahead. Also, the one thing I wanted to talk about, it, you know, I I could talk about the game. I could talk about how is great, Aronson's stepping up, is incredible. We've already said all of this, but I, I just want to talk about the goal call that we have. He dupes the old bunion onion bag. Like, I, what what kind of phrase is that? I like I get onion bag is what they call the net in soccer, and I get that dupe is the song that we play. It, it just doesn't make sense. Dupes the old onion bag. It really sounds like someone went. I have an idea for the greatest call in the world, and then they say it, and it's like, oh, maybe it wasn't the greatest call in the world. But he's already stuck with it, so now he has to do it every single time. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a sportscaster. I can't come up with a call like that, or you know, that would be memorable or iconic or anything. I just think dupes the old onion bag. I'd, I'd rather him just say goal for 20 minutes. I, that's just me. I don't know. Let me know what you think about dupes the old onion bag uh, in the comments below. Hit me up on Twitter or whatever. Um, but there is one more team that we do have to talk about, and that is the Philadelphia Fusion. They didn't have a game this week. You're probably wondering why, oh, why are we putting them in the eighth spot, the most important spot, the headlining spot of the orange line? Well, it's because they are getting into the playoffs. It is about dang time. We get a week off. We were already set to have a playoff position. We know exactly where we're going to be by the end of today. And... Uh, it's uh, very important, honestly, I think. Getting this week off allows us to practice some things, and uh, the most important thing that we have to practice is what's going to be in the update, because Overwatch was updated recently with the addition of Sigma, the newest character, the newest tank in the game. Uh, so getting some playtime with uh, what the small new mechanics of the game could be, especially with Sigma, could be uh, very, very, very beneficial for the Fusion going into playoffs just because we might have that slight edge, just one more week of practice with uh, what could be a new meta in uh, the playoffs and this play-in bracket. So, yeah, I think this week was actually, a, in a way, a win for the Fusion. We got time to see what teams we're going to be playing, who we're going to be focusing on, and uh, what we're going to be able to do with this new update. As for Sigma, I do have some opinions about him. I've been playing him a whole lot in Overwatch myself, and I think he's actually really good. I think he has the ability to be a main tank and uh, set up barriers and kind of make pushes onto point. I think he's really, really, really good when you're attacking, uh, not so much on defending, but uh, I think 
He's a, a, a tank that can actually be in a flex position in a way. He can be your off tank and get some damage, set up, you know, side barriers to hopefully traffic some some players into certain directions but he's also able to get a whole lot of damage out there especially the way that his uh, gravity balls end up working with their ricochet and the explosive damage it's all really really good so i think he might get some play time in the uh, playoffs and this playoff bracket um but overall i actually really like sigma the pairing that i think would go really well with him would be zarya with him as the main tank, Zarya backing him up and being able to put out a whole lot of damage, uh, getting some barriers up, dropping it so he can, you know, add some energy into Zarya, and then she's able to put all of that damage back out into the other team. I think it can end up going really, really well. It's just dependent on how you play it. So uh, hopefully be on the lookout for some Sigma play this coming week. But some other stuff that you can look forward to coming up this week. It is going to be all of the team schedules for the week. The Phillies finish up their series against the Marlins in Florida, in Miami, I believe. Um, today, on Sunday, the 25th, and then on Monday, we come back home for a three-game series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, the cross-state rivals, and then... We get to play a division rival Friday through Sunday. We're going to be playing the New York Mets, um, and they are also going to be in Citizens Bank Park as well. The Union have one game this week. It's going to be a very important one Saturday on the 31st. It's going to be against Atlanta, uh, so keep your eye out for that game. Very, very important. Lots of playoff implications there. The Eagles have their final preseason game on Thursday against the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium. And the Fusion, they are officially in the playoffs. They are going to be playing the Shanghai Dragons in the first round of this playoff play-in bracket thing. And uh, if they win, then they're going to end up going into a match on Saturday, which is either going to be against the Atlanta Reign or the Seoul Dynasty. But with all that being said, are there any specific things that I think that you should look out for? Absolutely. They're called the Dr. PhD Picks of the Week. Two of them are going to be Philly sports related. The third one could always be something random, something that I think you should just look out for. And the first one this week is going to be the Philadelphia Fusion. They're taking on the Shanghai Dragons to start a playoff run. The last time we met the Shanghai Dragons uh, was in Stage 3 where they ended up going on to beat us, then work their way through all of the top teams in the league to get the Stage 3 championship. It's going to be Carpe versus DM, the rematch. It's going to be a fun time. Very, very important Overwatch is going to be played this week, so that's the first thing I think you should look out for. The second thing I think is the Phillies. They've beat up on the New York Mets before. They've done it in their last series, 4-0 in Citizens Bank Park. We need some wins, and especially against a hot New York Mets team. I think we could have the ability to do it. We just need to see some hitting, especially from one Reese Hoskins. The big fella has been asleep for a little while, but hopefully we can poke the bear, wake a giant, and have him crush some balls out of the park and hopefully lead this team to a playoff run. But to do that, we're going to have to take some wins, especially off of division teams like the New York Mets. And for the third pick this week, the Eagles are 
ending their preseason this week, but the one person in particular in the entire NFL that I think we can all look out for is one Craig Reynolds. If you're not aware of who he is, he's a running back from Kutztown in Pennsylvania. He is a graduate of my alma mater, Abington, and uh, he's looking to make his NFL debut. He is currently under a rookie contract for the Washington Redskins hopefully to make the 53-man roster. From what I've read, it seems like he's made a good impression on the offensive coach for the Washington Redskins, but um, I also saw that he is likely to get placed on the uh, the practice squad, but hopefully, hopefully he turns it up at uh, these last few meetings with the team and maybe in his last preseason game and earn that spot on the 53-man roster. I'm rooting for you, Craig. We all are here in Abington, and that is what you can look forward to. Those are the Dr. PhD picks of the week. I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, you can give us a follow on social media. I am going to be at Dr. PhD, D-O-C-T-E-R-P-H-D, and uh, you can also follow the podcast at Orange Line Pod. That's going to be on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook, the Orange Line Podcast. I'm going to be posting uh, daily posts for every day that there is a game, a match, and give a breakdown of what happened the day before, what's going to be going on today, and what I think can end up happening in the game. Uh, give a little bit of analysis and, uh, and talk about you know some stats, what's going to be happening day specific stuff so if you're into that go find us on facebook if you're watching this on youtube thank you very much leave a comment like subscribe do all of those usual youtube things and if you're listening on any of the podcasting platforms being apple Podcasts, google play maybe even soundcloud i don't know where you watch it listen to it but if you do thank you so much ring the bell so you are subscribed and get all the notifications that there is a new episode coming up And uh, with all that being said, thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Let me know what things you're looking forward to in terms of Philly sports. And I will see you all 